This is The Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Well, welcome in, everyone, to The Michael Wall Show. It is a brand new week, and I hope you're having a great day and a great week. Hope you had some great time last week that you can literally pinpoint with your family and friends and say, you know what, I really enjoyed my week last week, and this is what we did. You know, sometimes we just go through life. Have you ever noticed you just kind of go through life and flow through life, and you never press pause and really step back and enjoy? Well, that's important, and that's one of the things that we talk about on this show, not only helping you maximize your wealth, but also maximize your life. And and this show, this, this show today, we're going to talk about, as most of you that have listened to us in the past, we break the show up into four segments. First segment's always the motivational segment. This show, we're going to talk about taking time to think and why that is crucial in relation to you achieving your success and really being a a great value to others along the way. We're also going to talk about steps to a successful retirement. How important is that? Well, we're going to have a little clip from Kramer from Seinfeld to kind of bring us in on that. It's going to be fun. We're also going to talk about organizing your estate in organizing your life. Now, you might say, well, I'm not way old. I'm not uh, there age-wise, but you know, this is a crucial piece that all of us, regardless of age, need to focus on, especially as you're moving into retirement. So organizing your estate, organizing your life. And we have a special guest, two special guests actually this show. The first one is Michelle Howard from Living Learning Libraries, helping students unlock their potential and learn and really use their gifts and abilities. Great, great conversation. You're not going to want to miss that. And a special follow-up segment, with one of our own, one of our four, Cyrus, Cyrus Wall. He'll be on a little bit later to share his thoughts. And you get the uh, thoughts of a 10-year-old today. What's going on in our country and culture through the eyes of a 10-year-old? All this coming up on The Michael Wall Show. All right, all right. So there we go. A little motivation for you. And we're jumping back into the Michael Wall Show. I have Cyrus sitting here with me in the studio. He is my oldest 10 year old. He's actually right across. He's waiting to do his segment, excited to do his segment. He's got some books uh, in front of him doing his thing. And I want to take just a few minutes here and talk about the idea of taking time to think. Now, you might say, How is that motivational? How does that tie into uh, what I need to do in life? Well, you know, sometimes in life, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, I know that I have, is we get into a place where we kind of get into a routine. You know, we get up in the morning, we do this, we do that, we do this, and then we eat our breakfast, or maybe you don't eat your breakfast. I'm not always a candidate of eating good breakfast, I gotta be honest. Uh, And then you move on and you do whatever your next routine is throughout the day. But we find ourselves to be creatures of habit. There's nothing wrong with systems and routine, But, you know, a lot of times we get so busy that even when we come home, uh, we're inundated with things, uh, you know, we're on our phones, we're on internet, even right now as you're probably watching this video, you're on Facebook or, you know, whatever it may be. Well, there's nothing wrong with those technologies, with the technologies. But sometimes we literally in our place where we move so fast in life that we never actually press pause. And, you know, the power of the pause, John Maxwell talks a lot about the idea of the power of the pause when you speak motivationally, the importance of just pressing pause and letting the listener absorb that content, okay? But in our life, pressing pause is really, really important as well. What I mean is, I'm talking specifically in relation to your thought process and the way you think and allowing your brain some time to pause, 
You know, I was reading some information and looking at some studies in relation to how the smartphone and the media technology in our world today is literally causing us to be a dumber society because we are so dependent on devices. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with devices. That's how we're able to share some of this information that you're, you're watching. If you're watching this on Facebook or if you're listening via podcast or even on radio, you know, you're, you're getting this information through some type of a device, whether it be your phone or your computer, or if you're in a car listening on radio, you're listening on a radio in your car, or maybe you, you know, you've, you're listening on Alexa. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, but at the end of the day, we're using devices and technology to enhance our life. But when we depend completely and wholly on these devices, we're literally in a place where it's dumbing down our thought process. It's dumbing down our ability to think and reason. It's dumbing down our ability to be creative and come up with new ideas. And so I wanted to just take a few moments and talk to you about the importance of literally pressing pause in your life. And just like you would schedule anything else, you know, if you want to get healthier, if you want to get more in shape, you need to proactively schedule time to go to the gym. That's something that I struggle with from time to time, but I have weights at home. Sometimes I'll do push-ups and, and use those weights at home. But, you know, we need to actually schedule that if we want to be the healthiest we can be. If we want to eat healthy, we need to intentionally ske- schedule that. You know, we don't want to just be going to the grocery store when we're hungry. I know when I go to the grocery store and I'm hungry, I'm like, oh, that looks good. Let me get that. Let me get that. Let me get that. Let me get that. And I get out and we're like, wait a minute. What did I just buy there? And I don't go to the grocery store too often, full disclosure. My wife typically does that. But we must schedule it as the point if we want to be healthy. We must be intentional. Same way with the health of our minds. And we don't often think this way because we're so strapped to our devices today. And we're so used to our devices today and everything that we do. I know I found myself at times where I literally am in a place where I have my phone and, and every so often, you know, several minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you kind of just check your phone just to see, hey, did anybody respond to this or did anybody respond to that post? And it's like, geez, I'm literally mentally thinking throughout the day all the time about my device and technology. And so I'm challenging not only you, but also myself to say, wait a minute, let's take time in life to step back and press pause. And let's create, when we have that pause, a uh, structure for the pause. What do I mean by that? So now we're in a place where we're saying, okay, I get it. Yeah, if I really am truly honest in my own life, I'm a little bit addicted to my own technology also. You know, everywhere I go, I got my, I got my phone, I got this, I got my iPad, um, all of these devices and things that I'm doing. I'm going to challenge you to press that pause and schedule it in your calendar. So how do you do it? Step one, get your calendar out. Well, that calendar might be on your phone. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But use the technology to enhance your mind, all right? So schedule in your life a period of time throughout the week. Start small, maybe once or twice or three times in the week. And it doesn't have to be for an hour. It might even just be for 15 minutes. But schedule in your life, use an alarm on your phone if you need to, use that technology to schedule in your life a time where you say, okay, for the next 15 minutes or for the next 30 minutes or for the next hour, what I'm going to do is I'm literally going to unplug from all technology and I'm going to put it out of my way. And I'm going to be in a place where I sit down and I'm going to get, if you're watching this video, you're going to see I have, I'm going to get a blank sheet of paper and a pen and I'm actually going to write down on that sheet of paper what comes to my mind uh, during that time. Now, you, what you'll find when you start doing this is it will literally take you five to 10, maybe even 15 minutes as you start this just to literally mentally defrag. You, you'll realize when you do this how amped up and how dependent you actually are because it's going to take you time to defrag. 
But as you continue to do this on a repetitive basis, what will happen is, is it'll, help, it'll, it'll take you less and less time to defrag and less and less time to actually be empty in your mind. And then thoughts will start to flow. This is where creativity is born. This is where new ideas are born. And instead of that happening, that's why when we look around at our culture today, we say, geez, why are people today not creating the machinery and the devices? There's a lot of cool things being created, but not like it was 80, 100 years ago. People were in a place where they had to be creative. They had to think outside the box. They didn't have the safety nets of our society today where wealth is just there and money's just there. If you have a problem, need a problem, just depend on the government. They didn't have the same resources that we had today. They had to be creative and think outside the box. So to your own life, if you want to maximize and fulfill your purpose and dreams, one of the ways to do that is by pressing pause and taking time to think. And I can guarantee you that when you do this on a repetitive basis, what will happen is not only will this be the most coveted time in your week, but this will also be something that you'll probably want to extend and you want to make it longer and longer and longer. Why? Because a lot of times you'll find that your best ideas come when you literally take time to press pause in your life. Last thought I'll share on that. We've all heard of Ford, right? A motor company builds cars, builds trucks, and has been in business for a long time. Henry Ford uh, is the name, the founder. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but literally Henry Ford paid someone full time to think. That's all this man's job was to do. He had a full-time salary. He was one of the top in the company, and his full-time purpose was to think. Now, this guy came up with the idea of creating the Etzel. And you might say, well, what's the Etzel? And if you go back and research it, you'll say, That's a, that was a horrible car. It really tanked. Nobody bought it. But guess what? They used the technology that was used to build the Etzel and then took that technology and used it to build the Taurus, the Ford Taurus, one of the most uh, well-received and purchased production cars in the world still today. So that technology was used for that. And this all came from a man who his full-time job was to think. Can you imagine that in your office? If you just literally sat down and you said, okay, my full-time job right now is just to think. Now, obviously, you have to make money and do things, but I want to challenge you in your life to take time to separate the busyness, put away the noise, and literally schedule in specific time where you say, okay, this period, at this time, all I'm going to do is have nothing coming in into my mind from a technology perspective, and I'm going to be blank, and I'm going to get out my sheet of paper, and I'm going to make my notes, and then I'm going to build on those notes through those seasons of pause in your life. So this motivational segment was called Take Time to Think. Very, very important. And uh, for more information, by the way, is if you missed the segment, go to michaelwallshow.com. Again, michaelwallshow.com. A lot of great information on there. Next segment, though, we want to step into the idea of successful retirement. Steps to a successful retirement. How in the world do you make it successful? Maybe you're already in retirement. Maybe you're close to retirement. Maybe you're far away. Well, we're going to talk about information that can help you be successful in retirement. And Kramer from Seinfeld is going to help us along in that journey. So hang around. You're not going to want to miss it. Coming back right after this. But if you close your eyes, does it almost feel like now? Hi, this is Michael Wall. I know it can be challenging to get the right information to know exactly what investments you should make, how to find the right financial advisor, 
how to build a solid financial house that will outlast and work through any market condition. So what I decided to do is put together a simple, easy to understand retire well video series where you can go at your leisure and watch these videos and clearly understand the best opportunities and get more education so you can make a better decision for your financial future. All you need to do is go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the link that says click here to access the Retire Well webinar series. This series is going to bring to light and really offer you a lot of clarity to help you make better decisions with your financial future. Again, that's leanonthewall.com. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. Catch up on previous episodes at michaelwallshow.com. Now, back to the show. All right, so if you're listening to that, you're probably saying, wait a minute, is is this a TV show or is this the Michael Wall Show? Well, <laughs> it is the Michael Wall Show. We thought we'd bring uh, a little bit of Seinfeld back in. It was a funny show back in the day. You might still watch some of that information and enjoy it from time to time on different platforms, whatever platform you use to watch your, your media. All right, so this segment, I wanted to dive in a little bit and um, talk about the idea of steps to a successful retirement. You know, a lot of times when we think about retirement, and I'm going to kind of unpackage that real quick, a lot of people think of retirement as a time in life where I can kind of just do whatever I want to do, you know, go play golf every day or vacation uh, when I want to, uh, you know, not have the ability to be tied to a company or a business and, and just kind of do what I kind of really want to do in life whenever I want to do it. And what I've found over the years in helping families with their wealth, that when you look at retirement, most of the time when people move into retirement, they're literally in a place where uh, they, they get bored. I find a lot of times where there's spouses that might say, hey, you need to go find another job or you need to go do something. Or, you know, maybe golfing every day of the week sounds exciting and sounds like they really wanted to do whenever they were working. But when they got retired and they actually got to that place, they found that, you know, this is, I can't do this each and every day. I need to have some kind of a purpose. I need to have some kind of a focus. So we want to make sure, number one, we have a successful retirement. First off, that starts out with uh, making sure that you know you do, you know, what you really want to do in life. You may not necessarily retire from life, and that typically happens. You might retire from a job. You might retire from a business. Maybe you want to start another company, start something out. But you want to have a little bit of an idea of what you're going to do in your future. And I thought this was kind of a funny clip to lead us into this. Kramer was talking about retirement. Here's what he had to say. Grab a cigar, boys. It's time to celebrate. How much are they paying? Let's just say that I don't have to worry about working for a while. A long while. (laughs) That's funny because I haven't seen you working for a while. A long while. And you're not going to because I'm hanging it up. Boys, I'm retiring. From what? (laughs) I thought that was funny. Retiring from what? He is like, wait, I didn't really work anyways. No. But yeah, I thought that was kind of comical moving into retirement. But you know, when you retire and whatever that looks like, it might be older, might be younger, but when you do actually retire, you know, you want to be in a place where you kind of put together some things. So number one, you can have fun in retirement. You can enjoy retirement. You can be in a place where you're really fulfilling your life and fulfilling your purpose, but at the same time, financially being in place. So the first thing you need to do is you need to evaluate your needs. Now, When you look at evaluating your needs, this isn't necessarily just evaluating your financial needs. 
So understanding your income is important. But in addition, when I talk about needs, what I'm also referring to is what your needs are for you to be fulfilled in life. Now, how often when you thought about retiring or moving into retirement, have you thought about working on and focusing on for you, you know, needs for you to be fulfilled in life? And those of you that are listening to this that are already in retirement, you know what I'm talking about, because we've seen this with, again, with clients on the other companies that we work with, uh, Wall, Wall Private Wealth and so on. We've seen that folks are in a place where when they move into retirement, they're, they're moving into it, they're excited, but a lot of times they, they kind of miss and lose their purpose. You know, the, their business that they had, that they grew for 20 or 30 years, that they've sold. You know, we might have been able to, in a variety of ways, help them reduce taxes and, and create a plan to help them financially get to where they need to go and talk about what their needs are, not only financially, also personally. But as time moves along, you know, this is the first time they've ever retired. Now, this isn't the first time in our financial companies that we've helped people move into retirement. This is something we've done for quite some time, help them protect, grow, reduce taxes on their wealth. That's what we've helped them do. But they have to evaluate and see, geez, I'm, I'm there now. What can I do to really increase more fulfillment and day-to-day joy in my life? And a lot of times, that's by evaluating your needs. And that's by saying, okay, what really drives me? What, what am I really passionate about? And you might not even know. And by the way, one of the reasons with our, if you go to leanonthewall.com, and that's our main site for the companies, you'll see some of the different charities that we are involved in. Those are charities that are involved in, in really helping save kids and helping improve our culture and helping really share truth. So one of the things you might want to do is be thinking about the organizations before you get there. And if you're, if you're already in retirement, it's not too late, but thinking about what do you want to do with your time? What do you want to do with your knowledge and your thoughts? You know, you've worked for all of these years and you've obtained a certain amount of knowledge and you want to be useful. You don't want to just say, okay, I'm just going to go and, and be mindless. I'm, I've learned all these things. I've done all these things for 20 or 30 years. And now I'm just going to be mindless for the next 30 to 40 years of my life. I mean, that's, that is not a fun life. The studies and statistics show as well that if you move into retirement and you're literally in a place where you do not do something that is using your gifts and abilities, you will actually pass away. You will die sooner than you should because you're not moving towards any kind of a purpose and success. So evaluating your needs is really important. And again, it's not just your financial need. It's also your physical, your emotional, your spiritual, your just, you know, you adding value in society and life. In Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. You know, there's a purpose in your life. So you might be in a place where uh, maybe you're really, really good at building business and making money. Maybe that's, maybe that's one of your gifts and abilities. Maybe you sold your company. You know, you might need help and evaluation and, and now getting a second set of eyes or thoughts or managing the wealth that you've obtained from that, or maybe you're retiring, you know, you're rolling a 401k and you need help managing those things. Uh, and by the way, that's that's one of the reasons you we have those other uh, options through leanonthewall.com, uh, our other team that help you with that. But maybe you're in a place where you say, you know what, I think I'd like to start another business idea. Maybe I'd like to start and do something different. And by the way, we can help and, and guide you on that as well through the Wall Leaming Company, the consulting business. But these are all things you need to think about. So it's not just about, okay, I have enough money to live. I can play golf this many days a week. I can take this many vacations. I can eat, eat out wherever I want to eat out. I can do kind of whatever I want to do. Those are all great things, but you've got to evaluate all sides. And then the second thing 
is, and these, by the way, are, in my opinion, the two most crucial. These are the building blocks, the foundation to build everything else in retirement on. You know, when you look at your finances, there's a lot of aspects as far as, you know, when to take your Social Security, how to maximize your tax-free income in the future, how to make sure uh, you're set up and your estate plan's done, how to make sure that your legacy plan's done, how to protect yourself uh, and mitigate yourself from potential lawsuits or things. And and another one is evaluating risk. Now, when you say risk, um, that isn't necessarily just stock market risk, even though that is important. You must reevaluate this risk when you're in retirement and moving into retirement. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, we're in a place where we just use the same old planning that we've done just by repositioning a little bit in retirement than when we were working. And this is a big, big problem And the reason it's a problem is because you struggle with participating in RDCA. You might say, well, what is that? Well, it's reverse dollar cost averaging. And that is the complete difference of dollar cost averaging. You know, while you're working, you're putting money in every every month or every year into something, some type of an investment to set up for your retirement account. Also known, I, I like to call it your peace of mind account. You know, so that way you can live life and do what you want to do. That's great. But when you're retired you're actually now not putting money in anymore, okay? So as the markets ebb and flow and they go up and down, it's going to affect you much, much greater, especially if you're taking income out because you're no longer putting monies in. This is a crucial piece. And by the way, this is a chapter of our book. I wrote a book a little while back called Retire Once, Retire Well. And one of the chapters is avoiding one of the greatest risks in retirement, talking about reverse dollar cost averaging. You can go to leanonthewall.com. And check that out as well. This is something where you want to empower yourself with knowledge so you can make good decisions in retirement. So make sure you get a copy of that. Retire Once, Retire Well. It's a simple, easy read. We put it together just for that to help you uh, evaluate one of those biggest risks in retirement. But other risks that you have are making sure that you are focusing on your health, focusing on your mental health. This goes ties over and overflows a little bit with some of your needs like we discussed, but you need to look at every part of your life now in retirement. And because this is your first time, you've never been there before, you need somebody to kind of coach you along through it. Very, very important. So there's a lot of things that you can learn from this, a lot of things you can grab from this, but number one, I want you to grab, number one, you got to evaluate your needs and you got to evaluate your risk. These are two things that you want to be looking at at every season of your life. Whether you're younger and you're moving towards retirement or whether you're just getting ready to retire or whether you're in retirement, we want to always constantly be having a checkup, just like your health. You know, you shouldn't go for 10 or 20 years without going to the doctor just to get your blood pressure and cholesterol and all these things checked up. Same way with your financial situation. As things change, your needs and your desires and your goals change as well. And as they change, you need to have different thoughts and ideas into what you're doing to help you reach and achieve your goals. This is really, really important. We're going to talk next segment about the idea of organizing your estate and organizing your life. Now, these two things are really crucial. And this is often something that uh, people just overlook. In fact, we're going to play a little clip from Anthony Bourdain. A lot of you have heard of him. He was a world traveler, food, and, and some other things, had his own show And we're going to talk about some of his journey and how that can apply to potentially your journey and our journey in helping us maximize our estate and organizing our life to create efficiencies, which will 
ultimately bless others and leave us in a place where we're adding value and getting things in line and, and creating uh, really the life that we want to have. All this is coming up next on The Michael Wall Show. Worried about losing money in another market crash? Ever wonder if your investments are in the right place? I'm Michael Wall, founder of Wall Private Wealth, radio show host and TV commentator. There's a lot of fog in the financial industry and I want investors to be able to break through that fog. That's why I wrote the book, Retire Once, Retire Well. It reveals secrets that Wall Street doesn't want you to know and gives you insider tips to help you maximize your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com to get your copy right now. Welcome back to the Michael Wall Show. back with right now boy that brings back memories for me i remember back when i was in college and i sold books door to door in the summertime by the way if you have a uh, this is an unexpected plug i guess if you have a college student or if you have a young person that is looking to really grow their gifts talents abilities their mental strength Varsity internship program is what I did. Bestsummerinternship.com, uh, by the way. Bestsummerinternship.com. Glenn Ransom is the guy that still owns that. And I remember waking up. I remember every day we would wake up. I would wake up anyways, and I would play that song. I had to get myself motivated and pumped to say, let's go right now. Let's do it. Because uh, it, was, it was a challenging thing. But I wanted to play that song, or our producers had them play that song, coming back to this segment, because... You know, oftentimes estate planning, whether you're older or whether you're younger, is put pushed aside. Well, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. I'll do that later. I'll do that. You know what? I get around to it. Now, uh, that's for another segment. We got those little coins called round to it's helping us say, okay, I got one. Let's do it now. We need to do it right now because uh, this is something that if we pass away and we don't have a clear estate plan set in place, this is a problem. And this is really crucial, again, because now we're in a place where we're clearly defining what our wishes are while we are a sound in mind. And obviously, you know, the goal is, is we are sound in mind as long as possible in life, but we want to make sure that that's done. And even if, we're, even if we're younger, if you're listening to this and you're younger, and I can tell you that I've seen cases of folks over the years that have not had this information, not have these details and documents set up, and then they pass away, and they're literally in a place where two things occur. Number one, it's more cumbersome for sure for the folks that have the kids, a lot of times is who it is, that have to wade through this. And the second thing is uh, they're not maximizing all of the benefits that they could have passed along. And that's why if you heard me reference in last segment, we're going to talk about just a minute, Anthony Bourdain. So the late Anthony Bourdain, uh, he was known for two things, visiting new places and then sampling the local cuisine. And here's, here's a little clip from him. People are telling you a story when they give you food. And if you don't accept the food, you are in many cultures, whether rural Arkansas or Vietnam, you're rejecting the people. Because I'm nodding, saying, yes, I'll try it, thank you, people open up. And then an interesting thought. It was a little bit of a sidetrack, but you know, when you accept someone's uh, food around the world, they open up to you. Isn't that neat? And it just shows you people's desire to really share what's important to them. But what's interesting is Bourdain's job took him all over the world. And one of the benefits of that is he racked up a huge number 
of frequent flyer miles. Um, now, he included those miles in his estate plan, and he was leaving them to his estranged, estranged wife. Now, what's interesting is when you think about it, we don't often think about air miles as one of um, the estate planning issues. And that's exactly why, by the way, you need to sit down and focus on these things to say, okay, what are all of the things in my life that have value? Now, hopefully there's things in your life that have much more value than air miles, but I wanted to go there because this is something that is important when we unlock and say, wait a minute, what are all the things that we're missing? I mean, geez, if we're really honest with ourselves, I think you you would agree. We don't want to just let stuff go off the table. you know. So you want to make sure that you are passing that along effectively. Each airline has its own specific policy. And, you know, many estate planners include airline miles and frequent flyer programs in the tangible asset provision of an estate. So my challenge in this segment is not to say, um, hey, go fly more so you can earn and rack up more air miles. (laughs) My challenge in this segment is to say, are you in a place where you are literally evaluating everything that's in your life that has value and specifically sharing that and writing it down through a very detailed plan so that way it goes to whoever you want it to go to, number one, and number two, so that way it's just not lost in the chaos of what goes on when someone leaves this earth. The other thing is the things that you pass along sometimes may not necessarily be or have, let's say, monetary value, but they might have emotional or you know, other types of value that you want to pass along. And you want to say, I want to make sure that this person gets this and this person gets that. And again, a lot of times we don't think about that until end of life, but this is very important that we think about it early and get these things put into place. And if you're in a place where you have not really made the effort to get these things in in line, I'm going to challenge you to reach out to one of our team members. And, and not only can they help you, maybe give you a second set of, of eyes on your wealth, but also kind of bring in and introduce the right folks to get the right plan in place for your future. So just go to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. And there's a lot of educational videos on there, but there's also ways that you can interact and connect with folks to help you along that journey and get that second set of eyes and second opinion on your wealth and what you're doing to help you get to where you really need to go. Well, next segment, we are having a special guest on, Michelle Howard. She's from Living Learning Library. You're going to love this segment. We're talking about she's really helping students and, and kids today unlock their potential to learn and, and move forward into their gifting and calling. So if you're a grandparent, you want to catch this. If you're younger and you got kids, you don't want to miss this. It's going to be really, really insightful for you. I had a great time talking with her. So it's coming up next right after this. Are you concerned with all the uncertainty that's happening in our country today and how it will affect your finances? Hi, I'm Michael Wall, founder of Wall Private Wealth and the host of The Michael Wall Show. I've written a simple, easy-to-read book that can help you cut through the nonsense of the financial world as well as empower you on how to make better financial decisions. Be a better steward of your wealth. Go to retirewellbook.com right now to get your copy. Helping families grow and protect their wealth. This is the Michael Wall Show. I'm on top of the world, eh? I'm on top of the world, eh? All right, welcome back.
back into the Michael Wall Show. And as always, MichaelWallShow.com. Again, MichaelWallShow.com. Reach out to us. Give us your thoughts and comments, feedback on what you're uh, liking about the show, what you'd like to hear more of. Uh, we've got a little giveaway that we're doing right now for the Live With Purpose shirts, all about helping uh, protect and save more kids. So go to MichaelWallShow.com and check that out. Well, hey, this segment, we have in studio with us a special guest, my wife actually met a little while back. She was very, very intrigued by her. Her name is Michelle Howard, and she is actually the uh, owner of, or you can give us the exact title, of Living Learning Libraries. Very, very cool. And her whole purpose and mission is helping students to unlock their potential. And, you know, um, first off, Michelle, uh, thank you so much for taking a minute to kind of join us. Most definitely. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I thought this was so intriguing, you know, we have different guests from different genres and, and all different spaces. But one of the things I thought was so interesting about this is that just simply the fact that we, I believe, live in a, a much more, we'll call it, I hate to say it, but much more dumbed down society. When we look at it, just an enter- entertainment-driven world, uh, kids are, are growing up in, mm-hmm. a, in a culture where, you know, the me, myself, and I, you know, W-I-I-F-M, right? What's in it for me? <laughs> and you are coming at it from a perspective of, really, it's about unlocking the brain to find full potential. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, first off, where Living Learning Libraries came from mm. and uh, kind of why you decided to do it? Uh, That's a good question. I began actually 23 years ago up in Michigan uh, when I was educating my own kids. They were so hungry and I could see so much, as you said, potential in them. And I was digging for deeper and deeper resources. And I stumbled onto the fact that there were books that had been published in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, which was called the Golden Age of Youth Literature. And they were just really something special. And they engaged my kids in a different way. And I began to understand why they were very heroic They were very narrative, for one thing. We live in a time now where, as you referred to, there's also a lot of technology. And so things are often looked at in a technological sense, even uh, sometimes people and growth and learning. And But I think that there's something way deeper in learning. And you don't have to have your own children for very long. You have your son sitting here beside us, who I <laughs> have very much enjoyed meeting. And I have three sons and a daughter of my own mm. and seven grandsons. And there's something very deep, and that's this soul. Mm. And this soul is uh, priceless, and it needs to be welcomed and fed and encouraged. And that is the great role and privilege of a librarian, actually, to find out what's unique about each child get them to fall in love with learning and reading, which these older books are just especially gifted at doing, in my mm. opinion, mm-hmm. from the results that I've seen, and get them on this journey. So I started collecting them, a few here and a few there. I had a tiny little house, 877 square feet, and at one point we had 5,000 books wow. tucked away in that library, and then somebody gave a call and they said, you should, you should." Uh, it wasn't even a library, I'm sorry, it was just my laundry room. <laughs> I didn't even know what was going to happen to them, and somebody said, you reading should. reading while you're doing laundry. Yeah, well, oh, I could barely just even get to the washer and dryer. Yeah. I had to sidle in, okay. and you know what was going to happen with them, but I was learning a lot about really neat literature um, from mm-hmm. that golden age. And then a friend of mine had uh, moved downstate, asked me to go with her. We went into a big facility and she wanted me to help her find some of these um, older gems. And I was astonished that none of them were there because libraries yeah. have a different purposes. And and so in that moment, rooted to the floor under this great big rotunda, I realized, wait a minute, there's still a need to keep those older ones archived yeah. and available to kids because they have so much potential. Now we're doing that library up in Michigan, just finished its 23rd year. Wow. We have over 20,000 out of print volumes up there. And now we have started another 
another one here in Florida where I met your wife and children. Yeah. And so we have about eleven to 12,000 volumes here, and we're seeing the same exact results where kids, even the most diffident readers, come in. There's something different about the way the books were published back then. They start you know, just gingerly admitting mm. that they like it. And then mm-hmm. once they do, then they begin to feel the comfort to pursue their passions and their interests. And that's where we really see that potential start to unfold. So tell me this, what do you think, and I've, I've certainly noticed this, and my wife is involved more with, you know, the reading and learning, obviously, of the kids than I am as I'm here and, and doing our thing in the, in the firm mm-hmm. and other things. But I have noticed uh, just from, from uh, spending time with her and going out and things that a lot of the books that are available, you know, you walk around to buy books, kids' books today typically have something to do with either evil or sorcery or just things that are not, I mean, it's, it's, they all seem to be driven and bent one particular way. And the books back in the day seem to be a lot more wholesome, uh, a lot more adventurous, a lot more deep in a lot of ways as well. What do you think is kind of one of the biggest differences between books today and books then? And, a, and why is that? That's an excellent question. All facets of a society re- reflect its underlying worldview. In children's literature, children's publishing is no exception. So if you, if you want children's literature of a particular worldview that has a certain set of values and a certain view of the human being and what's important about the humans and, and what's important about learning and how learning even occurs, those are actually very value-laden sentiments and ideas, then you need to find the literature that matches with them. Again, because of the technological focus in our country today, books tend to present data. In mm-hmm. fact, I have a book right here in my hand. The title mm-hmm. is simply Forest. Mm-hmm. If I were to open it, you would see that it would be separated into segments. And within each two-page spread of segments, the words are even in smaller and smaller segments. And each one is a data bit mm. that that's in keeping with a computer-driven society. But the way the same topic used to be covered the same science book about a forest, it has even a different title. Instead of the title being a single datum forest, it's an evocative title, The Secrets of Redding Glen. Hmm. And inside this book, where we to open it, it's, it's narratively. A story. It is a story, and yeah. yet it is a science book. It's mm-hmm. narratively written, so it flows from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Instead of just saying, here's this information, this information, this information. Exactly. They're putting it inside of a story that makes it engaging. Is that's, that what I'm hearing you say? That is very true, but also the forest itself in the, is a living, breathing forest, and mm-hmm. all its parts and components, mm. predator-prey related, relationships, the log dying and giving rise to mushrooms, where the other one, we only ever even see snapshots of different parts of the tree. Mm-hmm. Just It's not even a living tree, let mm-hmm. alone a living forest. Mm-hmm. It's always subdivided into tiny parts. That is a technological view. And this other is very, because it's a, a living, breathing, wonder-oriented. There's more emotion tied to y- it. There is, right? and wholeness. Yeah. And so that is mm-hmm. what resonates, I have found, with the deepest part of the learner and why something, they're actually called living books. There's mm-hmm. a term for them because mm. something comes alive in the child. Mm-hmm. They remember it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, my son uh, went to Hillsdale College mm-hmm. and even into the honors program. And by the time he got there, his professor said, told me that in all of his 25 years of teaching, he could count on two fingers the number of kids who actually actively thought like mm-hmm. uh, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. Um, he had had others who understood them, but this was actively thought mm-hmm. like that. And he said, my son was one of those, that, which is not a credit to me. It's a credit or it's a credit to this type of learning because you're entering into a world yeah it pulls you and it stretches you and you're imagining and you're thinking you're not just retaining you're right. thinking right and so and um, i think that's a problem of even schools today is their whole focus is uh let's just learn learn cram cram to take a test right let's just absorb information mm-hmm. and then dump it on one day so that way schools can continue to maintain their funding 
Uh, it's as, measurable. As, yeah, as opposed to being in a place where you say, okay, this child's different than that child. And mm-hmm. it can be challenging, I understand, yes, because yeah. we're in a society mm-hmm. where there's so many kids and there's lots of need and all of these different things. Let me ask you this question. In relation to the story versus just the data mm-hmm. uh, that we just talked about there, and it's interesting you mentioned that because in this show, the beginning first segment, the motivational segment, I talked about the importance of taking time to think, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. we just don't do anymore today a lot of times. And my question is, you know, we see, I believe, in a lot of ways, desensitization, if that's even the right word, to life uh, from these kids today and even adults today. And I think a lot of that has to do with either some of the gaming that they're playing, you know, the first person shooter gaming. Not that they're all necessarily bad. It's just it takes them a little bit out of context. And what do you think in relation to just the world around them? You know, respecting the environment, respecting things, respecting other people, when all they're doing is they're being conditioned with the current books to just bring in data as opposed to really appreciating the value of the life that's within it. Yeah, that's a very, very insightful comment. Even the word amusement, ah, means without, and muse means to think. So Mm. amusement means without thought. And when life is painful, then there's a tendency to want to escape it. But what we actually want to do is dig deeper into life and to find our purpose in life and to be able to bless others in life. Mm -hmm. And that comes from great heroes, from Nathan Hale, from Sacagawea. And that also draws us outside of ourselves. Sometimes self-absorption and self-focus can be discouraging. Mm -hmm. But when when you're reading about somebody else, especially someone real, and we have Cyrus sitting here, and I have found that boys... Uh, we're talking about boys since he's here, really want, they don't want frou-frou. They mm-hmm. want to see how somebody really made a difference with mm-hmm. their life and f- overcame real challenges. Mm-hmm. I remember talking with a woman once that said, I know you know kids' books, what what should my son read? He's nine. And I suggested different things, like about the Sager children that had to cross the Rocky Mountains all on their own. The oldest was 14 and there was a newborn when the parents had died on mm-hmm. route. And mm-hmm. the kids had, to, that really happened. And she said, no, 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 he wouldn't be interested then. He's only interested in Legos and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But I thought the comment was that she was, in other words, a, a very fine person, but she w- didn't realize yeah. that in those requests, she would have been keeping him like inside of himself instead of stretching him beyond yeah. himself right. to see that challenges can be overcome, that th- that thought is worth it, that yeah. it's in rewarding, enriching. We actually want to grow the children from the soul and purpose outward. Mm-hmm. And uh, literature does that because it, it takes us places we would never otherwise go. So we're having a conversation today with Michelle Howard. She is the owner of Living Learning Live. Libraries, and you can learn more about her at livinglearninglibraries.org. Again, livinglearninglibraries.org. And uh, Michelle, we got to wrap up the segment, but I want to give you the last thought. If you were to share one thought to the listeners out there as they're uh, raising their kids, as they're raising their grandchildren, and they're saying, you know, I want to, I want to make a difference, and I want to make sure that they're reading the things that they should. Obviously, they can go to your website, but is there any other thoughts that you have that you'd like to share? I guess it would be Bill Gates. Um, he felt a little bit out of it in his school, but it was his librarian that reached out to him and helped unlock his potential. Mm. And children are worth being proactive. Mm-hmm. They are worth seeking the best resources mm-hmm. for. I can't end it a sentence in a preposition. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. Um, that it, they are worth it. And um, so the, the the library, for example, um, is open to memberships. Okay. And so the, the books are available and we would love to see them get into hands. And what we're going to actually do there is not only, it's not even just 
just about the books. It's the books as being a means to the end mm-hmm. of what's possible in these kids' lives. And we actually help every step of the way, getting to know them. Uh, in fact, I brought books for Cyrus today that hmm. fit in with some of his interests. I think he's going to enjoy these. And so that's what we want to do is help families lock in to their kids and help those kids just really fall in love with learning. And that is a whole lifetime process. Yeah. And it's a very individual and a very relational process. And we, we just love to see families take that journey. So parents, question, what would you what would you say if your child was literally in a situation where their, their desire and their passion all day long wasn't just gaming, but actually reading and learning and growing and being creative? How would that make you change? How would that make you feel? How do you think that would impact your kids? And not only that, but the future generation. Again, we're having that conversation with Michelle Howard, Living Learning Libraries. Uh, livinglearninglibraries.org. Check her out. We'll probably have you back on. It's been a great conversation. And uh, Michelle, thanks so much for joining us. You're most welcome. Hey, so if you've been hearing the name Cyrus, he (laughs) is uh, my son. He's actually here in studio with us. And you're going to hear from him talking about his perspective of what we just talked about with Michelle, as well as what's going on in a 10-year-old's brain today. You're not going to want to miss this. Coming up next on The Michael Wall Show. This is Michael Wall. I know it can be challenging to get the right information to know exactly what investments you should make, how to find the right financial advisor, how to build a solid financial house that will outlast and work through any market condition. So what I decided to do is put together a simple, easy to understand, retire well video series where you can go at your leisure and watch these videos and clearly understand the best opportunities and get more education so you can make a better decision for your financial future. All you need to do is go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the link that says click here to access the Retire Well webinar series. This series is going to bring to light and really offer you a lot of clarity to help you make better decisions with your financial future. Again, that's leanonthewall.com. Welcome back to the Michael Wall Show. I can make your hands clap. Said I can make your hands clap. All right, special segment here, and we are joined live in this special segment in studio with one of our four. Many of you know we have four kids, and uh, Cyrus is our oldest. Uh, serious Cyrus, some people call him, but other side, he's not so serious. He loves to have fun at the same time. And I thought we'd have Cyrus on and just talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that he's uh, learning, some of the things that he's doing, and also the show or segment that we had with Michelle. So, Cyrus, first off, thanks for joining us on the show. Yes, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> he loves being on the show and yeah. in studio. And Cyrus, let me ask you this. So Michelle was here and we talked about the Living Learning Library. You've met her before. Yeah. And some of the books that she has. In fact, you have some right here in front of you. Moving Heavy Things, uh, The Airport Builders, um, The Birth... Of a liner. Of a liner, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So the big ships. So tell me, what are your thoughts in relation to some of the things that Michelle had to say with some of the older books that that you have and that you've read before? Well, like she said, I really think they have a lot of information and that they're really, like, helpful for learning and that if you're looking for, like, books to learn out of, like, in the libraries today, it's very sad, but um, if... You look for, like, biographies on, like, Benjamin Franklin or something, they're not going to show up, and it's not good. 
So they're not going to be there in the libraries today. Why do you think that's important, that th- that information is there, real history that we've had? Well, because, first of all, they're the, they're the fathers of our country, and mm. they are what built this country, and now we can't really learn about them or pay any attention to them. And it actually, here, in modern day, mm. we are starting to forget about them, and we're starting to just focus on our gaming and stuff like that, and we're not actually considering like how we need to build this country up and how it just needs to continue to improve it huh? exactly so cyrus let me ask you this you talked about gaming and i know that you enjoy gaming there's nothing wrong with gaming to some degree as long as it's balanced right i grew up and i had some gaming you know now it wasn't quite to the same degree yeah contra the old school stuff the segas and it's fun it is fun stuff yeah some of those things but today, you know, Cyrus, kids are playing games like Minecraft yeah. and, 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 you know, Fortnite is the big one today. Yeah. And I know that you enjoy playing some of those games. Yeah. But what are your thoughts as far as the value of playing those games versus uh, making sure that you have a balance with other things as well? Well, they obviously need to be balanced because if you don't balance them, they will really get out of hand and then you'll start to be so lazy and you'll just be stuck on the game and then you'll start to get selfish because you're just used to playing the game and the game actually um there's something i don't know if it's the pixels or something but there's something in the um gaming or the ipads and stuff that actually start to as if you're young it will deteriorate the um kind of cell-ish sort of thing like there's like a sort of chamber in your mind and it will start to deteriorate that's a kindness chamber that will help you be Mm. kind and will start to deteriorate that so you will actually lose your ability to be kind as you play the gaming more often and do you think that's because all you're focused on is yourself well yes you know you kind of live in a world that you're just creating and it's just all about you and We've seen that before, huh? Yes, yeah. Where even you've experienced times, and our, our other brothers and sisters, your brothers and sisters have experienced times where we've had to kind of, mom and I have had to kind of shut it off yes. and say no more, right? Yes. Yeah. We just went through a kindness, the importance of kindness at church this week. You were Wonder. You were the yeah. boy Wonder with the helmet on. Love that, right? Fun. <laughs> and uh, I have a little card here called Choose Kindness. Yeah. That's important, isn't it? Uh-huh, yes. Kindness is very important because if we didn't have kindness our culture our really civilization would actually fall apart because we're not being kind to each other and then everyone will lose trust in each other and we will just wander off in different directions and our civilization will fall apart and we will not be a country and it will just destroy our democracy so yeah i totally agree with you well cyrus last thoughts you have one or two uh, books that you've read that you really enjoy that you would recommend to some of the grandparents or parents that are listening that they might be able to recommend to their kids, knowing that you're about 10 years old and I know you're a science guy, you love science, but is there a book or two that you'd recommend? Well, I mean, it's hard, but I think one of them would be The 21 Elephants. It's a book hmm. about the first suspension bridge ever built in the world, the, Bo- the Brooklyn Bridge, and how no one would cross it 
well, no, and in Brooklyn, because they <laughs> thought it was unsafe. Mm. And so this little girl, she dreams about going on it, so she tries to convince everyone. They're just not convinced. She goes to P.T. Barnum, and she asks him if she can borrow his 21 elephants to walk across the bridge, but he already had the idea. So then the uh, elephants actually go across the bridge with the world's largest elephant, Jumbo. They all go across the bridge, and that proved to everyone in Brooklyn that they were able to build a bridge and... And that it was safe. Yes, exactly. So 21 elephants you would recommend. Yeah, really. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing that thought and talking about the importance of kindness and and balance and everything else, and as well as just taking a few moments to share some thoughts for the show. So thank you for your insight, buddy. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And folks, again, that is uh, Cyrus, our son. He is uh, one of our four. We, we love all the crew. Probably going to be having a couple of the other ones on at some point in time in the future as well. We want to do that because, number one, I think it's insightful to get uh, a younger person's perspective of what's happening in the world, but also just really saying, wait a minute, what is in their thought process? What is in their minds? How can we change our culture and change our country in a place where we're moving it forward together? Because it's all is a, is an effort that we all have to be involved in to improve our country. Well, listen, that's a, that's a wrap for the show this week. If you missed the first parts, we talked about taking time to think, stepping back and making sure we have time to evaluate and think. We talked about having a, a successful retirements. Steps to a successful retirement was the second segment. We also talked about organizing your estate and your life. And then we had a great conversation with Michelle Howard from the Living Learning Library, helping students unlock their potential to learn more and move towards their gift and calling. And then obviously, as you heard, our special segment here with our son, Cyrus. But hey, here is to living well next week. And I'm going to challenge you to add value to someone who can do nothing in return to you or for you. And let's all focus on living with purpose so we can live on purpose in life. Again, for more information, go to Michael Wall Show. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you share this show and make sure you share your feedback and thoughts via iTunes or Facebook by checking out Michael D. Wall or just respond to us directly at michaelwallshow.com. Here's to a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Michael Wall Show. To schedule your personal wealth review, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. To find out more about Michael and the team at the Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Private Wealth, Inc.